Interested in energetics, intention, alignment, integrity, and ethics? You're in the right place. Welcome to the Sacred Leadership Podcast. This space is for you to gain inspiration, wisdom, and knowledge from exceptional leaders to support you in your leadership journey. I'm your host, Amber Gordon, trained therapist and intention and alignment coach here to ask all the deep questions to get the raw truths. Settle in, take a breath, set your intention for what you're open to receiving from this episode, because it is time to drop in. Welcome back to the Sacred Leadership Podcast. I have Alyssa joining me today. Alyssa Kahapea is a personal trainer, functional nutritionist, and health educator. She is the founder of the Pale Kekua Wellness, a wellness company helping individuals live longer and better by improving their energy and confidence. Coming from a multicultural background, Alyssa takes pride in her Nicaraguan, see, this is all the things, Nicaraguan, Native Hawaiian, and European mix. All right, Alyssa. I shared with you a little bit before we got on today about why you in particular, of all of the health people, personal trainers out there, are the one that I really wanted to talk to on the Sacred Leadership Podcast. And a lot of that has to do with the fact that you show up 1 million percent as yourself, fully, wholly, completely. You bring all the pieces into it, your personal story, your heritage, your culture, you are constantly challenging yourself, growing, looking to learn more. Even in the year and a half, I think I've been in connection with you. You're like in different conferences, workshops, you're going all around the place to learn from all of the people. You really are somebody who strives to have integrity in your work um, and lead from a very grounded and heart-centered place. And that is such an important thing in this space, especially when you're working with people on something as important as their health. But I know that you didn't start out in this field. So for the people who don't know you, can you give us a little insight into your story, where you started, and then how you found yourself where you are today? Well, first of all, thank you for having me on your your podcast today and, uh, you know, inviting me on here. But uh, I, you know, take pride in being a lifelong learner. So I'm I'm glad you pulled that from everything that I'm that I'm doing and showing on social media too. So yeah, I didn't start off in the health field. Gosh, I you know, I was trying to follow my parents' path. Um, you know, I was never really good in school, and it was I was only good in the things that interested me. And I was the goal. The, their goal for me was to become a, an electrician, and so you know, I went to school. I actually got a degree in gerontology, so studying aging, and I was super, super interested in that. I was supposed to end up, you know, doing more environmental engineering, which I have a, you know, love for the environment and all of those things, but that wasn't my, my end goal. Um, and I got into gerontology, and that led me on this really interesting path. So when I was at University of Hawaii at Manoa, so that's on Oahu. I had a lot of jobs while I, I while I was in school. So one of my jobs, I was working on a taro farm. That was my main job. I was doing some side um, studies and an internship at a memory care home. So I was working with Alzheimer's and dementia residents. And there's a lot of things I learned there. Uh, and then I was also teaching swim lessons at Pearl Harbor on the side. And so I was working basically three, three jobs, 
going to school and I was super busy with all of that. I learned a lot from each, you know, workplace. I would say that at the Tarot Farm, I learned that growing good things takes a long time. You know, these tarot plants, they take about nine months to fully mature. And then you harvest. And a lot of the work is not actually like watching the plant grow. I don't know if you've been to Hawaii before, but they have. Um, I have. Yeah. Okay. I don't know if you've yeah. seen the irrigated terraces, but it's kind of like how they grow rice. And it's an irrigated terrace, right? And so half of them stay emptied when you're growing the crops and half of them are full. So when you harvest for about nine months, you're putting, you know, uh, old leaves, different things that would be, could easily break down and make the soil very rich into the empty ones. So you're actually doing a lot more with the empty taro patches compared to the ones that are actually growing taro. So when you harvest, you plant it in there, it's full of nutrients. And mm. so I learned that, you know, progress takes a long time. And growing things takes a long time to to build a good foundation. So I learned a lot from that job. The dementia and Alzheimer's resonance, that was interesting because I was working probably with the most, some of the most wealthy people on Oahu. Their, mm. their families were paying 20000 a month to keep their family members in there. Wow. And when I would talk to the family, because the residents, they, couldn't really hold conversation or anything at that point. Um, you know, the, the common denominator was that, you know, uh, my mom, my dad, they were such hard worker. They worked all the time. They never slept. And every time I would talk to them, I was like, wow, there's something going on here with like memory and sleep. This is weird. And I started oh. diving into my own research on that. And I was probably only sleeping about four and a half hours at the time. Well, yeah, because I was like, literally, I was thinking about all those jobs that you just named. And I was like, there's still only 24 hours in a day. So, right. <laughs> yeah. So I was doing, you know, school full time, working these jobs, going to these other jobs after those jobs. It was insane. Waking up really early to go do swim lessons with people. Anyways, it was a lot. And that's where I learned that sleep was so valuable. And, you know, I, I there's so many things I learned from each job, but that was another thing that I pulled from there. And then the third thing I, I learned from teaching swim lessons and getting people to their, their next level, their higher self, is I love coaching. And I think it led me on the path where I am today. Uh -huh. After I graduated university, I started doing a lot of health and wellness workshops around we called it the Kuleana Project. So I actually worked with a lot of Native Hawaiian inmates after I graduated from university. And we were creating more cultural protocol programs to get them connected to the land. So it's very different on Oahu when you are serving your last two, two years time. They would actually just get dressed in regular clothes. They get a day pass. They get to take the bus to their jobs or to see us. So we would have them meet us on a farm. We would tell them how to make their own plant medicine and to take care of themselves because by the time they get out of jail in two years, they needed to know how to take care of themselves in order to build back their relationships with their family. Mm, and, wow. Yeah, so we were working with a lot of male Hawaiian inmates and um, they had a support system with each other and um, 
we were helping them actually save for teaching more, I guess, financial literacy um, around saving their money from their from their jobs so that they could attend university or keep learning, try to get them into more of a growth mindset. And yeah, I moved to San Francisco. Um, my wife had more opportunities for her geology job. She's a geologist. And we came here. We've been here for the last seven years, going on eight years now. And that's where I started officially becoming a personal trainer. And I worked actually with mostly the elderly. So I was working at a fancy gym, Equinox. If people are familiar with Equinox, it was an Equinox sports club. And I was actually mostly working with a lot of the seniors that lived upstairs. So they were residents of the Four Seasons. Wow. Yeah. So some of my my eldest clients at the time, they were 102 years old and working out and doing their strength training. Whoa. Because their goals are very different, right? Like, um, I enjoyed it. I really loved it. And their goals were super different compared to maybe a 20 or 30 year old that's, um, you know, asking for, for coaching help. Their goals were like, how can I stay independent? How can I, you know, keep putting my pants on in the morning, putting my shoes on, my jacket, and I want to be able to walk down Market Street, downtown San Francisco, without anybody helping me. And I don't want any caregivers. How can I do that for the rest of my life? You know, so pandemic hit. I was already kind of doing a side hustle thing and trying to, you know, um, work with clients online. I knew that that lifestyle wasn't going to be sustainable for me because I was waking up at 4 a.m., walking Mm -hmm. down to the BART station, taking the train. And coming home around 8 p.m. So it was like a 5 a.m. start time, coming home at 8, and I was barely seeing my wife. So when the pandemic hit, I felt there was an opportunity to help people even more besides just the movement part of things, but actually dive deeper into their overall health. So here we are today, 2023. You know, it it is definitely something that, you and I have had conversations about in terms of the value of health, because not everybody knows the value of health. It's kind of the same way that some people grow up understanding the value of money and some people don't grow up understanding the value of money. It is this thing that we all can interact with, but what it means is something different to each person based on their lived experience. And For me, I definitely would say that for the most part, you know, had taken health for granted um, until I was in my 20s and like was very, very, very sick with chronic Lyme disease and my full life came to a complete stop and I was not able to work. I was not able to go to school. I was literally not able to some days like shower. Um, And now I realize that if you don't have your health, you really don't have anything because without your health, like what good is your car? If you can't drive it, what good is your job? If you can't go work it, what good is, you know, all of the social activities that you go and do if you're not well enough to get out of bed and do them. And I think that a lot of people think like, oh, that's never going to happen to me or, you know, that couldn't happen to me. And the reality is it 
could and does happen to everyone. It's one of those things where you have the ability to interact with health as this really valuable thing without having to have it taken away from you. And that is also one of the things that I find the most inspiring about your story, because you took a look at a lot of things that were happening as they were happening before things got really, really bad, right? Like you don't have this story where you're like, and I found myself stuck in the hospital and I wasn't able to work. Yeah. You put the pieces together and you looked at, you know, your family history. You looked at a lot of other pieces. You looked at what you were learning from your work that you were doing. And you're like, oh man, like I, I see where this is heading and I'm going to do something different. So that isn't the outcome right. for me. Yeah. And I think I kind of glossed over all of, you know, my health injuries and things, but you know, you're as a kid, you're taking in so much information. I, I don't think this is normal for a lot of people, but I thought it was normal. And when I was a kid, I was getting taken out of school pretty often. Oh, grandpa had his, uh, grandpa had another heart attack. We don't know if he's going to make it. Go to the hospital, your kid getting pulled out of school. Everyone's praying, he, you know, and it's his, it's my grandpa. It's my, it's a lot of my whole inside that was having a lot of these issues, heart attack on my Latin side, diabetes. Um, and everyone's just saying, oh, it's just genetic, just runs in our family. This is how it is. I'm like, does it, like, as a kid, I'm thinking, does it have to be this way? And when I was a teenager, this is actually before I got the job at the farm. If I didn't have this injury, I probably wouldn't have gone on this path. So it's kind of a, I guess, how people say blessing in disguise. Um, when I went to University of Hawaii, I was redshirting for the soccer team. They were doing three day practices. I was under eating. I wasn't, I probably wasn't eating enough for the amount of training I was doing. And my shins, shin splints, you know, when you're walking or running, they actually turn into fractures if you don't take care of them. So what started to happen was my shin bones started to splinter away from each other. I have bowed legs already, but. And that's like a whole other vitamin deficiency thing that maybe my mom had and gets passed down to child. But anyway, I'm not going to dive into all of that. You know, it's like <laughs> splintering away and I couldn't play soccer anymore. So that was my purpose at first. I thought in life was this sport. So I went to into it like a deep depression. I could barely walk without any pain. Um, I was walking with crutches for like the first year of school. And, you know, you're also partying a lot as a freshman in college and trying to meet people. So that was happening, not getting the best nutrients in my body or anything like that. And I gained a lot of weight really quick. So I think I put on either 50 to 55 pounds in that first year because I wasn't exercising anymore. And now my metabolisms, I'm still eating the horrible things I was eating at the time. I wasn't thinking about nutrient-dense foods. When I went to the doctor... They said, your blood pressure's high. I was 18 years old, 18 or 19. Your blood pressure's high. You're overweight. Um, you know, your, your BMI is high. BMI is a whole other thing. I don't even like to use that as a reference, but that's what the doctor told yeah. me. Your cholesterol is high and you're nearing a pre-diabetes. I was like, oh, this must just be my genetic thing, right? Because everyone in my family has this. I have just bad genetics on both sides. And I was like, no, I had to get, I got into this different mindset. I was like, it doesn't have to be this way. And uh, 
you know, while when I moved back to San Francisco, I ended up finding out that I had endometriosis. I went through uh, laparoscopic surgery um, in 2020, so pretty recently. And health is ongoing. You know, I, I'm not going to say that I have perfect health. It's it's something that we always have to keep working on. Um, so I'm I'm always learning more because I think it's very complicated. But uh, yeah, I don't want to come on here and seem like, oh, I have perfect health or anything like that. I, I really don't. And I'm always trying to learn more about it. Yeah. And I do appreciate what you said about it being ongoing, because that to me is a relational piece in terms of how we show up in leadership to ourselves, how well we are taking care of ourselves. And anyone who's been listening to more than just one episode of this podcast is going to hear a theme of we can only show up for people as much as we're showing up for ourselves. This is not sustainable when you are a coach or a healer or a therapist and you are not taking care of yourself. You're not getting enough sleep. Your relationships are suffering and you're working and you're working. You think you're doing like such a good job because you're putting in the hours or you're, you know, maybe getting the professional accolades or you're advancing or you're making more money. Um, but in terms of how ethical, aligned and sustainable it is, that really is going to come out somewhere. We can't show up in this deficient way, whether it's energy, health, nutrition, um, and think that we're going to be a good support to the people that we're showing up to serve. And that was a really big piece for me when I was going through a lot of my health journey, I I couldn't even hold a conversation at certain points. I couldn't send a text message. And that was the thing that was the hardest for me where I was like, wow, I, at the time, like I had gone to graduate school, hadn't completed, but had gone to graduate school. And I was like, I'm never going to be able to be a therapist. I'm never going to be able to help anybody because I can't even, I'm not even well enough to have a, a conversation. And so I'm hyper aware of how much my ability to take care of myself, my health, um, my blood sugar, all of these things go into me being a good space holder for the people that I am serving. Um, I was sharing with Alyssa before we got on here, like I have a bottle of electrolyte water sitting next to me. I have a pretty long day today. So I had, you know, some eggs and turkey sausage and goat cheese, um, my, you know, coffee this morning had like, you know, good healthy fat in it, some collagen, some fiber, like all of those different things. And I do this because yes, health is important. I enjoy feeling good, but I also think it's such a big part of being an ethical leader, making sure that you are taking care of yourself first. Right. No, it's so important. And I can relate on so like, there's so many ebbs and flows of being a business owner too. And trying to learn balance on a daily, weekly, monthly basis. So even in this last year, um, I, you know, I was taking on more as a business owner, changing our systems, and I wasn't doing as much for like my nutrition. And then my cholesterol recently just came up again. In, not to dive too much into all my lab stuff, but you know, like it was in July of 2022. So maybe, what is that, eight months ago now? So eight months ago, it was really, it was getting high again. I was like, oh my gosh, am I like, what's going on? I need to slow down. So anyway, I've changed my schedule since July 
to really try to work with my health. And now my cholesterol's back down. I've been doing the things I need to do nutrient-wise to, you know, refeed myself the, the nutrients that I need. And I think it's important to use, you know, to get your annual physicals. I know our healthcare system is not the best here, but to, to use our labs as information, to gather information about ourselves of like, oh, maybe I need to slow down. It's not heading in the direction I want it to. I was working out seven days a week because I had my paddling. Like maybe I need to like skip a practice this day or not do as much strength. I'm going to reel it back and I'm going to have to have two recovery days. So now my Wednesdays and my Fridays are my recovery days. I'm like, this is my, you know, I have breaks in every day to, to fill my cup, but those days specifically are the days that if I need to veg out, I can veg out because my body needs it. Because if my cholesterol is going high, my metabolism slowing down, my, my blood glucose is coming up. Usually that's a sign from your adrenal glands. Your adrenal glands, they sit right on top of your kidneys. That's where your cortisol is released, right? Everyone knows cortisol Mm -hmm. as that stress hormone. So if that is upregulated all the time, our body's not going to be able to heal itself. And so I've kind of lived in this state of high stress for a very long time. I would say most of my life. And I'm trying to change the narrative now. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And going back to something that you had highlighted earlier in your story about being given this narrative of, oh, well, that's just our genes. Oh, well, that's just how it is. Oh, yeah. You know, this is what you can expect. And, you know, you being given the spirit that you were given in this life to be like, is it though? Like, I don't, eh, I don't like I don't know. that. That seems good. like, I don't feel like I'm okay with settling for that. And I feel like this is where a lot of us get an opportunity because of all the information that's available to us to be able to really question a lot of these narratives that are handed down from generation to generation to generation. Because to your other point, there are a lot of other factors that either turn our genes on or turn our genes off or cause certain things to be expressed or certain things to not be expressed. And we're not even aware of the fact that like, oh my gosh, you know, my you know, my mom's mom worked three jobs and then my mom worked three jobs. And then here I am working three jobs. Well, could that have something to do with the fact that like your hormones are out of balance and you're estrogen dominant and you have insulin resistance and your adrenals are fatigued and your cortisol is up and you're not sleeping? Right. Maybe, maybe. Right. But we were just kind of given this like, oh yeah, like that's, that's the way that it is. And I think it's so important to question everything and really decide, does this necessarily mean that it's true? And if it is true, is it true for me? Because what may have been true for your grandmother or your mother um, might not necessarily have to be true for you. Maybe you're working three jobs just because that's what everybody in your family always did, but you actually have a lot of financial security or maybe having a ton of money in your savings account isn't more important to you than being able to slow down take the time to focus on your health or enjoy your life, you get to decide. And I think that's a really important piece of your messaging that I want to highlight today. No, I love that. You, the way you frame that is just pretty amazing. Um, I don't know if you've ever listened to Peter Tia. If you haven't, I highly recommend him. Um, He interviewed an awesome guy and I'm forgetting the name of him, but he talks about this in a, in a better way, but he said, you know, money is a tool and we are all given, you know, we have time, we have money, and we have our health. 
And money should be used as a way to either, you know, preserve our time or our health, right? So if we want to, like, let's say we have 100000 in our bank account right now. Do we want to just save that for retirement for later on and pass it on to the next generation kind of thing? Or do we want to use that for a family vacation and like be together and, and use it as a way to spend time with each other? There's so many ways to look at it, but I think that's really important what you just highlighted. Mm, yeah. And that's, I, you know, I, I would definitely have more money in my savings account right now if I didn't like, uh, I have like a chiropractor, massage therapist, cryotherapy, infrared sauna, like I have like, you know, my supplements, um, like all these different things that I do on a regular basis for my health. I'm like, I want, you know, the top of the line red light in my home. I'm like, I want like a cold plunge and a float tank. I want all home. of that too. <laughs> I know, right? Um, I, yeah. So my, my fiance is literally like, so you're basically going to turn our basement into like a wellness spa. I'm like, uh, yeah, that, like <laughs> that's the goal, honey. Um, I, I think that that would just be incredible. And that's where I actually was talking about this, um, with somebody the other day where I was watching, and I don't know if you watch this or not, Alyssa, just no judgment either way, but I was watching Bling Empire on Netflix. My wife watches it and I like kind of side peek at it. Yes. So yes. <laughs> oh my gosh. My fiance could so relate to you. Uh, he, he would not want to admit that he knows like, <laughs> I know about it. Names of the people in the show, but like, yeah, it definitely does. Um, But I was watching Bling Empire and it's the latest one. They're in New York. And I am like watching these people who have an abundance of funding. And I'm like, wow, like you're eating like fast food and like you don't do anything for your health. And you know, the two of the main people, I can't say characters, they're real people. Um, two of the main people like are having horrible insomnia, like not sleeping. And you can just tell that like their cortisol is probably up and they're like literally on their phones in their bed with a bag of gummy bears, like next to them. Wow. The one. And I'm like, oh my gosh, like this is not rocket science. Like you're complaining about not sleeping, but you have all of these resources to actually be able to take care of yourself. And like, but like, we don't, unless it becomes a part of your narrative, unless it becomes a part of your reality or your lived experience, that's actually not a big part of the dominant narrative. I feel like it's shifting a little bit because of things like social media, we have more access to information. But for the most part, the dominant narrative is like, oh yeah, well, you know, I can't sleep and maybe the doctor will prescribe me some medication or something. We're not actually looking at the root cause or what we can actually do to help our bodies function optimally. No, exactly. And I've worked with, I've worked with inmates. I've worked with, you know, you know, some of the, you know, different classes, right? So poor people, I've worked with some of the richest people in San Francisco, you know, living in the four seasons. And the interesting, so the interesting thing is that we're telling everybody the same information, right? About how to improve their health. When I went from working with inmates in Honolulu, we had to do a lot of de-escalation training, how to, you know, calm down the situation because we're sometimes going into the facility and I was the only woman there. And, you know, what are you going to do to 
calm down a situation. If you say the wrong thing to trigger somebody, you're working with murderers. We're working with, you know, you know, drug dealers, whatever it might have been. And the interesting thing is I was working with CEOs in San Francisco and I was actually, my heart was racing around them because their, their nervous system is so upregulated, their stress is so high that um, they could explode at any second. And it was scarier than mm. being around a murderer and an inmate that, you know, you got, you know, this guy murdered two or three people and he's one of the nicest guys there, but we did so much work around breath work and anyway, being with the land and doing all these things. Right. And so coming from that holistic approach, working with inmates, I was never, I was never scared being around them, even though we did so much training. Right. And then I become a personal trainer in San Francisco at this fancy gym working with CEO, you know, big CEOs of different companies and their stress is so high and they're like screaming under the water and throwing shit across the gym if they're getting frustrated. And I'm like, you know, I didn't even say anything to them. I just, you know, say, hey, let's warm up. And all of a sudden they're just going wild. So, you know, I don't really know what my point was there is that basically I think people's nervous systems are just so upregulated it's like we're being chased by a lion all the time and mm -hmm. i think we all could learn something from down regulating it and just listening to our body a little bit more to improve our health mm -hmm. yeah and that is a big part of your messaging that i really resonate with because of all the things that i've learned in terms of my own health journey but also because of being a mental health practitioner and being in the you know not only like emotional and mental wellness space, but spiritual wellness space as well. And yes, you know, you can totally go to spin class at 5am after getting three hours of sleep, um, seven days a week. And like, y you probably are going to be able to maintain a calorie deficit because you're, you know, burning all these calories and then you're not going to be hungry because your system's in fight or flight. And so it's not interested in whether you've eaten or not because it's too busy thinking you have to run from something that is going to threaten your life. Yeah, like totally like that works. But again, it comes down to the way that you want to live your life, the quality of your life, what is actually going to be sustainable. And this is the big piece for me that I would love for everyone listening to have as a potential takeaway point that when you are in a position of leadership, it is something that is a fully embodied practice. You are making sure that all the other aspects of your life are supporting the fact that you are showing up in leadership for other people. And this doesn't matter if you are holding space as a therapist or if you are a manager or a team leader in a corporate type environment, it doesn't matter. If other people are looking to you for guidance, communication, to be able to lead them in some capacity, you need to be in control of your own shit. And this includes your nervous system. This includes your physical health. This includes your freaking blood sugar. Um, so that's kind of like the, the thing that like, I really love about your particular approach to wellness, because it's not just 
let's create a calorie deficit and work you out and like do all these things. It's really, how do we get in tune with your body? How do we make sure that we're doing this in a way that is kind and compassionate and is going to help your nervous system? How are we like providing nutrition to your body in a way that's helping you feel like even and calm and not like, you know, your blood sugar's all over the place Mm -hmm. because you're starving yourself. Um, That, that is the thing that I really would love for people to start to look at. Yeah. Um, I don't even know where to start. Where do you think I should start with that? <laughs> where, wherever you want, wherever you want, we can talk nervous system, blood sugar, regulate, like what, wherever you want. Because again, I think it all matters because if one of those pieces is out of whack, you're kind of going to be out of whack. And then the people that you're holding space for or being in leadership of are also going to be out of whack. So Absolutely. And I had to do this last year. So I mentioned, you know, my cholesterol went up and I was taking on more responsibilities in the business. As a business owner, you know this, you're marketing, you're sales, you're this, you know, you're doing all of these different roles. And I had too much on my plate. So um, I had to, you know, I kept certain clients that I worked with. And then I had to do the hard thing of just, you know, giving some of my clients to my coach, who is also an, an awesome coach. Um, but that's hard. It's, I think, maybe like an ego thing. I'm not sure. It was hard to do that. Mm. And I was able to free up my Wednesdays and my Fridays. So that's how I'm able to continue to hold space for myself. But, you know, it all starts, I think, you know, for people to take something away from this. I think posture is one way that we can improve people's oh, health. Okay, go off, Alyssa. <laughs> posture is a way that we can, you know, improve people's health. So our name is Polykekua. Polykekua, our name comes from, we call it an olelo no iao, which is a Hawaiian proverb. Um, Polykekua mahinakialo, meaning it would describe someone who was tall and confident and smiling, their face so palikikua means bring, bring your back up like the mountains and mahinakialo meaning brighten your face like the moon. So it doesn't translate directly, but if you imagine someone like that, they're tall, they're confident, their face is soft, not stressed out, eyes, you know, uh, eyebrows are not furrowed. So I think it starts with posture because if we can improve posture, that's what we want for all of our clients to to get that feeling of palikikua. If we can improve posture, we can improve how someone's breathing. If we can improve how someone's breathing, we can regulate their nervous system. So I know you're a fan of Huberman Labs. If you take one deep breath in right now, and then take another short breath in to fill up the tank all the way, slowly exhale, you can downregulate your nervous system. So if you're feeling stressed out, we're looking at our screens, we're doing too much, sit down, be with your breath, try that breathing practice, breathing all the way in, and another inhale in, and then a long exhale out. Your breathing can affect your nervous system and the messages of what it's sending from your brain to your gut I don't want to go too deep into the science, but we know the vagus nerve, it runs right along. Sometimes people get anxious when they eat, right? Runs right along your esophagus all the way down, goes down towards your stomach. So if our posture is upright, we're not thinking about compressing all of our organs here. So I think health 
could potentially start from posture. And then it works if you start breathing more efficiently, you can control the nervous system. If we can control the, the breathing in the nervous system, it affects digestion and how your body's breaking down food so you're not getting the runs if we're anxious all the time. And, and that affects so many other systems as well. But, you know, if we work on posture, if we work on strength for posture, then um, I think all the other systems feel good. And at homeostasis, right? So for some reason in the Western world, we really divide up everything in Hoi. Everything is one system, an old Hoi. So we have our digestion system. We have our nervous system. We have our endocrine system, right? And we have all of these different systems that they separate for some reason, but it's all connected, right? So if I were to try to make it very simple of how someone can improve their overall health, I would say work on your posture. Notice how you're sitting. Notice how you're standing. And if we can keep working on that, it might change how you feel. I don't know exactly all the science behind, you know, feeling confident or depressed, but posture does play a role in that. And I want to say it could play something with oxygen. I'm not too sure, though. I've read many studies about it, but I don't know all the science right now. But yeah, I don't know if that's what we we're going for. I, that was like such a powerful takeaway. And, I love that that was unexpected for me mm. because we always are thinking about, okay, like, you know, uh, I could, you know, go for a walk. I could, you know, get more sleep. I can drink more water. We hear that stuff all of the time, mm -hmm. which are all great things and are all, you know, helpful things. However, I don't really hear a ton of people talking about posture and that cascade effect that you illustrated for us in terms of posture and breath and then digestion. And then obviously most of our neurotransmitters are made in our gut. So if we're having good digestion, the chance of us craving things like simple carbohydrates and sugar are less because we're not going to feel like we need to be getting those things from our food, we actually are going to have more regulated dopamine, serotonin, we're going to feel like we are in a good parasympathetic state, and we're not grabbing whatever is going to give us immediate fuel, because we have to run for our lives. And a lot of people don't even realize that a lot of us are really attracted to very like simple carbohydrate, you know, essentially like sugary foods, because we are in this fight or flight state all the time. And our bodies are really, really smart. And our bodies are like, okay, what am I, what can I eat right now? that's going to give me immediate fuel so I can continue running. But the fact is, most of us are not actually running at all. We're sitting in front of a screen. We're not moving our bodies at all, but our nervous system feels like we're running because we're sitting in front of a screen in fight or flight. And so that's where like a lot of people end up having this ridiculously high blood sugar all of the time because they're grabbing all these instant fuel sources, but then we're not actually doing anything to utilize that fuel. Like if you were training for a marathon or, you know, uh, an Ironman or whatever that would be good for, but our body doesn't realize that our body thinks that there is some imminent threat threat because of the stress levels that we're operating under. And it's like, when we can actually start to put that together, we can, we can actually start to have a conscious conversation with our body because our body's trying to show up and do the best that it can do. Our bodies are so smart. And instead of punishing the body, actually bringing it into the conversation to be like, yo, like 
what are you trying to get at here? Like, and it's like, yo, I'm trying to like, make sure that like, when the threat comes and like, you know, we have to run for our lives, like we are fueled up. And it's like, um, I just have a meeting with my boss later. Like what, where are you getting like the run for our lives thing from? It's like, well, you freaking tell me, bro. Right. So like we have this disconnect and that's where I feel like a lot of the work that you do is bringing those two pieces together. So we are actually in a compassionate conversation with our body and we can get everything to work together in a very synergistic way. Yeah, no, you, you bring up a really good point there about, yeah, the, the nervous systems up, upregulated. We're stressing all day about this meeting or maybe a hard conversation that's coming up. We're not running from a lion or a bear. Those, this system that we're living in, this body is an old body. It's not made for this modern world. And usually if you had a threat, it's going to be over within probably less than an hour, I would say. I don't know how it was back then, but the threat would be over. There would be an end date. But the problem is that now we have these stressors, we have these emails, we have these things that are prolonging for days and weeks and months. And how does feeling like that build up over time and affect our health the best thing we can do for that is you know i said posture and how it affects all of these things but i think it's really important for our for our bodies to move whether it's in you know the form of lifting something or going on a walk to move that cortisol where's that cortisol going is it just staying right in your adrenal gland is it just circulating through the body we need to release it somehow before we were running from something or, you know, exerting ourselves and then we'd get like a calm and then back to homeostasis. But now we're just living up here all the time. So walking, I think, is really important. I know you mentioned, you know, people hear that all the time, but I did that for myself yesterday. I was supposed to like write this presentation and I was just hitting writer's block, writer's block, writer's block. And I could feel the stress building up in my body. It was like, well, I don't have, I didn't have the time yesterday to do my workout, but I was like, I'm going to make that time. I'm going to move my body. And then the thoughts were coming to me when I started to exercise. So use it as a, a fuel source to power your creativity. Um, if you're a business owner listening to this or you're feeling stuck on a project or your thoughts are feeling stuck, use movement as a tool to get your brain working and fueling right. Right. So. It's not just about building muscle or an aesthetic thing when it comes to strength training. It's how can we sharpen our minds? Yeah. And I think that brings me to another point that I really appreciate about you because you work with a lot of work from home individuals. And the reality is that most of us, regardless of the type of job you have, whether you're work from home or not, most of us are sitting in a chair in front of a screen most of the time. And when you are looking at that and then you're looking at all of the other aspects of life where, you know, you're tired. So then you're going to sit down and you're going to watch, you know, Netflix at the end of the day. And then, you know, maybe you are, you know, driving somewhere. So you're sitting in the car, like we're doing all these things, but we're sedentary Mm -hmm. most of the time. And I feel like a lot of people approach fitness 
with a, like an all or nothing mentality where it's like, okay, like either I'm going to the gym and I'm working out for an hour a day or I'm not doing anything. Right. Um, but you know, I had the privilege of working with you for a really good chunk of time and you gave me a lot of things that I could just do with the five or 10 minutes that I had between sessions or, you know, before and after, um, my lunch or different things that I could do to really just incorporate little things. And I was amazed at the difference that it made and getting rid of that all or nothing thinking, because it really is like, especially when you're sedentary 99.9% of the time, something really is better than nothing. Absolutely. And I think people really do underestimate the power of walking. It, it does a lot for our hormones to, you know, stay at homeostasis and so many things, right? So, um, sorry, I'm losing my train of thought here a little bit, but yeah, it's, I think it's super, super important to just have it stack and, um, it's really the long term, right? Of how we can, we can build up these small habits and make them last long term. Exercise is so new. And if we think about what type of exercise has been marketed to us women, it's Zumba, it's, I don't know, Taibo class, it's, <laughs> you know, all of these different more aerobic classes, which are not bad. You know, there's nothing wrong with those things, but. We might be the first people in our families to actually pick up strength training or exercise. And it's not easy to pick up. It's a new habit that we have to form because our lifestyles a couple of generations ago, a few generations ago, we were moving a lot more. We were having to stir our food. There was no kitchen aid mixer. This is burning calories. You know, like <laughs> we had to use our muscles to make our food, to hunt our food, to grow our food. And I could feel that when I was working on the farm, how active I was. But we don't live that lifestyle when we're working from home. So how can we do it? That's why exercise, I think, is a great tool for us to keep our, our bodies strong, to keep our posture strong, um, and to keep us living independent and happy for our the rest of our lives, hopefully. That's the goal. So it's very new. It's not hard. I mean, it's, it's not easy to get into. It's very hard to get into this scene and you don't have to be a bodybuilder. You don't have to have this all or nothing mentality of like, go, go, go. It's how can I listen to my body? How can I build it up over time? You don't have to get quick mm -hmm. results. Quick results are usually not the best results. I think we know that, but. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think it really also, to me, it came back to intention, right? Like when I had time in between sessions, like, yes, I could absolutely pick up my phone and scroll on Instagram or scroll on TikTok or I don't know, like just not do anything that was really going to be helpful for me long term. And a lot of people that work with me, I talk a lot about being in alignment with your intention. And so if your intention is to feel better, to be an excellent and exceptional leader, to have longevity, to be able to have energy at the end of the day. 
what can you actually decide to do in this moment that is in alignment with your overall intention? And so if I think about that, it's not going to be scrolling on you know, Instagram for five minutes. That's really not going to make a difference in my overall life. But if I take that five minutes to do some stretching and some breathing, just even standing up and like getting out of my chair, even if it's walking around the house, those are the things that, to your point with habit stacking over time, are really going to make a difference. And yes, everything over time makes a difference. I could have chosen to scroll on my phone for five minutes, and that is going to make a difference long term. It's just not going to be in alignment with my overall intention, which is to be healthy and feel vibrant and feel really good in my body. And I think also that comes back to self-leadership, where when you're going to bed at night, like, do you feel really proud of how you showed up for yourself in that day? And, you know, if I really needed that five minutes to just zone out and scroll on Instagram and I did that intentionally, great, awesome. But if I did it and I probably would have preferred to do something like stretch or breathe or, you know, go outside and play fetch with my dog, that's when there's going to be incongruence between what my overall intention is and what I chose to do, because it really does come down to choice. And I think that is also where, you know, if, when, I'm going to say when, because y'all should follow Alyssa um, on social media, <laughs> when I look at all the things that you share, it's very small bite-sized pieces of information, things that you can do. And I'm like, oh, okay, like I could try that. I can implement that. Um, when I was working with you, it was very accessible. I didn't feel overwhelmed at all. I felt like this feels really, really good. And I was able to really ground in and incorporate things. And then we stacked. Um, so just for the people listening, if you could maybe give them like three little things to bring into their awareness to begin habit stacking, what three things would you give them as a takeaway for today? Mm, habit stacking. So <laughs> I would say the main ones would be getting enough sleep, paying attention to how you feel with your sleep. How can you improve your bedtime routine? Second one be drinking enough water. A lot of the times people are getting cramps or muscle spasms that feel like heart attacks because we're just dehydrated. Um, and the third thing I would say is posture, improving posture and breathing so that your organs don't feel cramped. You can tune into what you're feeling and make adjustments from there. So that's the, the top three. When I say sleep, water, drinking half of your body weight in fluid ounces. And the third thing is posture. Mm. Those are, yeah, those are some really good. Simple. I, literally, I even find my, I even find myself sitting up like, you know, more in my, my chair. I have, I have like a really good setup here, but I'm like, when we say know, the P word, creating, Yep. Creating a lot of space, making sure my shoulders are back, you know, breathing into my, my belly, all, all that good stuff. <laughs> but again, just bringing awareness, right? It doesn't have to be perfect. You don't have to like overnight go from getting three hours of sleep to getting like eight and a half hours and drinking all this water and then making sure that, you know, you're taking walks every, it's literally about just auditing your intention. And I think that's one of the most powerful things that I feel in alignment with when working with you is that it's really about grounding into what is your 
intention, right? It's not a goal, really. It's like, what what do you really desire to have for your life, the way that you interact with yourself, the way that you feel, and the way that you're in communication with your body? Like, that's the conversation that you have with your clients. And that is the conversation that I wish every personal trainer or nutritionist was having <laughs> with their clients, because that's really what it's about, in my opinion. I think the work you're doing is really powerful, too, and how you brought that up, you know, what is your intention? Are we going to scroll? Are we going to, I don't know, play with the dog? All of these things really add up to big things. How I like to see it is, okay, am I going to pick up my phone right now and lay back down in bed? Or am I going to get up and, I don't know, get my day started? What's going to be the path of most resistance? Probably getting up and getting ready for the day. Or what's the path of least resistance? Our body wants to do the the past the path of least resistance but if we push mm-hmm. into the resistance usually that's where growth happens so i encourage everyone listening to push into the path that has a little bit more resistance or you know that aligns with your intention it's usually a little uncomfortable we don't want to do mm-hmm. it but then when we do it, we do feel good yeah I I tell everyone that like the one superpower that we get to cultivate as human beings is being comfortable with being uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. If you can cultivate that superpower, you become pretty freaking unstoppable. (laughs) Um, And that, you know, it's not to say that things are ever going to come to you without resistance. It's again, choosing how you're going to interact with that resistance and choosing for yourself what is more in alignment with how you want to exist in this lifetime overall. And you bring up such a good point in terms of the fact that our bodies, ultimately, they want to keep doing the same thing over and over and over again, because that's tried and true and that's safe. And our bodies have one goal and it's to keep us alive. And so if they know that the thing that we're doing has brought us from yesterday into today, they're going to like sign us up to do that same thing again on perpetual repeat until the end of time, because they know that so far there's a pretty good track record for us doing that same thing and still staying alive. Um, and so this is where your body is not giving you that resistance because it's malicious. Your body is giving you that resistance because it's like, yo, like, I know what keeps us alive. Let's do the same thing that we did yesterday. That worked. So let's just do that again. And this is where we get to bring our conscious mind into it to be like, yo, body, I know like that did work out really well. However, we have these other intentions. We have these other big, you know, dreams and goals and ways that we want to like stretch into this. And the body's going to be like, I'm really not sure about this. We have not tried this before. And therefore I cannot guarantee that we will not die. So just know that I am out. I am not, I do not. And that's where your conscious mind has to come in and be like, I, I hear you. That's okay. You can totally be against this and you can yell and kick and scream, but I am going to lovingly invite you to come along because I think we're actually going to be okay. And your body's going to be like, we'll see. And then like you do the thing, nothing bad happens. And then that (laughs) next day, the body's like, okay, maybe you're right. Like maybe we can add in exercise and nothing bad will happen. Right. And that's where the habit stacking comes into it because we're building that trust and we're building that communication with our body. Yeah, no, absolutely. I think you explained it in such a good way. (laughs) (laughs) 
It's two different people I have these, on like, the little shoulders. conversations. Yeah, that's like that's like my life most mornings. I'm like, okay, body, like, where are we at today? And my body's like, we're just going to stay in bed all day. How about that? And I'm like, yeah, we totally wish we could. That sounds phenomenal. However, we have to right. get out there. We have a purpose. We have a mission. We got We got things to do. And then my body's kind of like, all right, fine. Right, exactly. We'll see, we'll see how this goes. So we all struggle with this, no matter where you're at in your journey of healing. I think that's just a normal thing for people to know that those are normal feelings. Yes, 100%. So for the normal people with the normal feelings, how can they get some support from you and your team? Where can they find you and connect with you? So the best place to find us is at Polyke Cool Wellness on our IG. We also have a Facebook group where we put a lot of free content in there and um, different mobility stretches, tips and tricks for nutrition, whatever you might have. It's a, it's a free place to, to learn more about how to improve your health. That is amazing. And I will link all of those things in the show notes for everyone. So you can make sure that you are spelling things correctly. Um, And I do definitely recommend uh, the Facebook group. I'm not on Facebook a lot, but when I do get notifications for your group, I go and and check things out because there is a lot of really good information. Um, Alyssa also has put a lot of time into creating content that is very educational um, in a very digestible way. Um, so I definitely recommend, you know, just going on and binging some of that amazing content that Alyssa has put out there. So I loved this conversation. Thank you so much for joining today and for sharing all of this stuff and for looking at leadership through a little bit of a different lens with me. I appreciate it. Yeah. Thanks for having me on, Amber. I really appreciate it in our conversation today. There you have it. Another episode of the Sacred Leadership Podcast on the books. I hope your time spent here served you and nourished you. Join us every Tuesday for more honest conversations and powerful insights. Remember, exceptional leaders share the wealth. Send this episode to someone who would benefit, leave a review to let others know about the show, and subscribe so you don't miss an episode. Talk to you soon.